Three, two, one. What's happening, guys? It's Logan Robinson from Peter. Presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We are live, giving our instant reaction to Florida State's final game of the 2022 season, coming away with a win against the Oklahoma Sooners, beating Brent Venables 35 to 32. Thriller at the end. You see Jared Burst, Dennis Briggs come away with the game-winning sack. A happy and loud locker room with Florida State. Magner Bell super ecstatic after the game. Super proud of how his team finished off the season. With me this evening is Dustin Lewis, our editor-in-chief at NoGameDay.com. And up there in Charlotte is Austin Beasy, our lead basketball writer. Gentlemen, the season is over, but what an ending to the 2022 campaign. Yeah, what an ending, Logan. Uh, the Seminoles, you know, I think we expected Florida State to maybe handle this game a little bit more easily than they did tonight. Oklahoma came out, credit to them, motivated, punched the Seminoles in the mouth, took a 14-3 to, 14 to 3 lead early in that second quarter before Florida State woke up before the half. Seminoles put on an offensive attack in that second half, and Jordan Travis able to finish with a career-high 418 yards and touchdowns up drive Florida State to a comeback victory over Oklahoma in the Cheez-It Bowl. Securing Florida State's first 10-win season since 2016, first time winning a bowl game since the same year. So the Seminoles right now, a lot of momentum going into this uh, 2023 offseason, which, I mean, begins now. Kind of crazy. What well, wasn't what we expected at all. We all kind of expected Florida State to dominate on the ground, and it, it was really quite the opposite. You know, it's Jordan Travis through the air, 418 yards compared to just 169 yards on the ground, uh, averaging just five yards per attempt on the ground. It was really that passing attack, and Johnny Wilson was really, really good in this game. Uh, over 200 yards. Really should have had close to 300 yards if he could have hung on to a couple balls. But um, just a great offensive attack, especially in that second half. They were really struggling in the first quarter and about half of the second quarter. But, man, halfway through that second quarter, they they, they flipped the switch. They started rolling, and they, they were able to get some points, get some touchdowns. Yeah, we talked with Mike Norell after the game. He gave a lot of – uh, respect and a lot of a lot of uh, proud coach you got the feeling from because they went through you know kind of a roller coaster bit of a year. He gave a major shout out to to the Florida State fan base going back all the way to the opener, kind of the opener. Florida State started with Duquesne, but really kind of the opener against LSU in New Orleans, where Florida State's fan base showed up. It was a heavy Florida State crowd throughout the night, definitely during pregames here in the War Chant. But Florida State's fan base continued to show support and there's a reason they're fighting for their 10th win and they get it let's talk about you know jordan travis alongside johnny wilson johnny wilson was going to be my was my mvp pick but jordan travis ends up winning his first time throwing for 400 yards what a night for him and there could have been even more completions we had a big time throw to johnny wilson which he ended up dropping there's a few times too where some of the wide receivers weren't running the, the, the routes correctly it seemed like some miscommunication but still with all of that intake, Jordan Travis, over 400 yards, man, and over 500 yards and, and scrimmage yards. The progression that this kid has made over the last four years is simply unbelievable. You know, there was a time where people questioned if Jordan Travis could be the, the signal caller of the future for Florida State, and uh, he's proven it with these um, improvements over the last couple of years under head coach Mike Norvell, you know, starting off with Kenny Dillingham, now transitioning over to Alex Atkins and Tony Tokars, it's simply been remarkable. You know, I don't know if you ever see a player really make these kind of developments throughout a career. I mean, it's, it's just, it's been remarkable um, to watch Jordan Travis since he arrived at Florida State. And man, what's another offseason under his belt going to do for this guy? I mean, we're seeing him make improvements every year, whether it was 
before when he was a scrambling quarterback to now where he, he uses his athleticism to set up passes um, downfield. One of the plays that stood out to me tonight, he stayed alive in the pocket, then was able to hit Ontario Wilson for a 19-yard gain to get Florida State into the red zone on a possession they ended up scoring on, a play where he could have taken off and probably scrambled for a first down, but instead he elects to move lateral and then find Ontario Wilson for that catch. So, I mean, what a season for Jordan Travis, just the fourth quarterback in program history to finish with over 3,000 total yards and 30-plus touchdowns in a single season in Florida State history. And tonight, he crossed the 3,000-yard passing mark. So, again, just a, a remarkable show of development for Jordan Travis over the last couple of years. And it all came to a culmination tonight against Oklahoma. Yeah, despite drops by Cameron McDonald on a key fourth down, by Malik McLean on a go route, uh, two drops by Johnny Wilson, he still completed 70% of his passes, but was hitting timely throws. Um, that one-handed grab by Johnny Wilson on that last drive was unbelievable, but the ball was right where it needed to be. And really all night long, he was putting the ball right where it needed to be, even on his interception. I thought it was where the ball was supposed to be. Johnny Wilson just gave up on the route. Um, and to Jordan Travis's credit, that's just his fifth interception of the season. One more offseason this guy. He's going to be unreal next year. He's absolutely a preseason Heisman candidate for the 2023 season. And, you know, as a team, this should be a preseason top 10 team. No one would have thought that coming into this season, but they showed such tremendous growth throughout this season, even just throughout this game. I think another – I want to bring up a big turning point in the game for Florida State where you saw Marlon Cooper, he gave up the touchdown early on in the game, but then later on makes a gigantic play, making a tackle and causing – the receiver to fumble the ball and Florida State's able to recover with Jamie Robinson coming up with it. That seemed to be a big time momentum swing for them to turn into points for Florida State to make a drive there afterwards. But, you know, seeing Amari, Marion Cooper, it's kind of been that way for multiple players throughout the year, guys recovering or, you know, making up for mistakes and they'll do it on the next drive. And that's something that Minerville preaches on in practices. We see it every week. But to see Marion Cooper put that together, Jamie Robinson talking about after the game that they know what the potential is with Marion. They know that he can make those plays, and he came away with a big one for Florida State tonight. And that's one of the biggest things about this team, just their ability to overcome adversity. And it, it's like you said, it's been multiple players throughout the season. There was Marion Cooper recovering from from a play where he was beaten, and then forcing a huge turnover that Florida State turned into a touchdown to uh, go in front in this game in the fourth quarter. And then also, you know, Ryan Fitzgerald ends up making a game-winning field goal attempt after the struggles that he had the first couple of weeks throughout the season. Um, you look over at the offensive line, some struggles tonight um, with Robert Scott, Jason Turnatine being forced out of the game due to injuries. But in the final minutes, they step up there and help Florida State find a way to get that game-winning field goal. Johnny Wilson, he dropped a touchdown um, drive that Florida State ended up scoring on, makes up for it in the fourth quarter with that huge catch that ended up setting up the game-winning field goal for Florida State. So just the ability to make a mistake, then respond from the negative, turn it into a positive, mm-hmm. that's a huge reason that Florida State has worked its way to 10 victories. And, and even on that drive that he dropped the touchdown, just a couple plays later, he, he caught that high ball on, on third and nine to extend the drive. Um, it, it's not even just the next drive that they're making up for their mistakes. It's even in the same series. Um, but, but like Logan's point with that fumble, Oklahoma's offense was humming almost all night. Um, ran 84 plays, averaging six yards per play. You could tell the, the defense was just gassed and needed a break, and causing that turnover was exactly what they needed. Get, get the offense back on the field, get some points back on the board. The defense needed a break. They were out there way too long in this game. I think, too, injuries played a pretty big role in that. You were already without Fabian Lovett tonight when we, we talked about it. 
ever since this stretch when Fabian Lovett came back, the impact he makes on this defense. Definitely an interior. Oklahoma was repping right through Florida State's interior defensive line, losing him. But then outside of that, too, you saw, you know, we saw Jerrion Jones go out for the game. Akeem Dent seemed like he tried to give it a go and wasn't 100%. Didn't see him a lot. We saw a lot of Jarquez McLellian, Shaheen Brown, and Jamie Robinson even went down and was able to go back into the game. Um, you know, Florida State was getting dinged left and right. And that, that probably went into, you know, Oklahoma finding some success on the ground and, you know, overall offensively. And then, shout out, I don't know his name, but number nine for Oklahoma. Oklahoma's uh, tight end where Dylan Gabriel liked going to on third down was making some. Braden Willis. I think, you know, I think if I was going to give a weakness for a position group, I'd go to Florida State's linebacker group. That was one that I had brought up in our preview earlier this week. That was going to be a big game for them. And, they kind of lacked in a lot of ways and allowed some third down conversions to, to go through them at the second level. That's a good point. I thought it was a little bit of an off night for Tatum Bethune and Kalen Deloach. Some missed tackles, like you noted, um, some missed coverages on Braden Willis where he was able to make some crucial catches to keep drives alive for Oklahoma. And it just seemed like, you know, like we've seen throughout the season, whenever Florida State plays a mobile quarterback, these guys just end up getting lost at certain points. And Dylan Gabriel, he certainly utilizes that to his advantage. Only 17 rushing yards on the night due to the sacks accumulated. But whenever he was able to break outside of the pocket and dodge pressure, he was constantly scrambling um, for first downs and, and was a threat for Oklahoma throughout that game. So, yeah, not your best night from linebacker. Saw DJ Lundy stepped up at certain points. The pass coverage certainly got taken advantage of. So, I mean, Florida State, they were able to win tonight, but there is still a lot for this team to work on throughout the offseason as far as defensive consistency. And, and we'll see who decides to stay and go for this team moving forward. I mean, was doing such a great job with misdirections and, and motioning receivers and, and, and the tailbacks tempo. in the backfield. They were the tempo. They were just doing such a great job of making the defense really think on their heels, and the defense didn't really respond that much. Um, they, they are, they're also doing just a phenomenal job of attacking the blitz. You know, Florida State would put five or six in the box. Running back was going right around the other side just for 10, 15 yards, it seemed like, every single time. It's just a really good offense that was that was clicking on all cylinders for Oklahoma, but Florida State came out on top, and that's what matters most. They did, yeah. I like Brent Venables, and you know, through this week, getting to know him a little bit through media availability, a guy to like and gave a lot of praise to uh, Jordan Travis and the way that he plays. You know, it's, we've seen it throughout the year, but to see him continue to grow and what he put out there, Brent Venables was pretty pretty good. Yeah, there's there, there's the cheese at box there. That, I don't think we can get one for Beasy, though. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, we, we invited you down here, Beasy. We invited you, but, you know. And, and there's actually cheese that's in there. Which is, I don't know. I don't think you should eat them, though. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Florida State now reaches the 10th win. That is something that they had been preaching ever since beating Florida. This is now a 10-win program looking ahead at a gigantic 2023 season with what you have coming back talent-wise, Jordan Travis, Trey Benson. We've seen a lot of announcements, including Tatum Bethune, who we were just talking about, Kalen DeLoach. Florida State is bringing back a heavy amount of talent, and you're adding new talent with five-star wide receiver Heike Williams. We can go on and on about what this team is going to be bringing back this season. What, just just kind of overall, guys, on the thoughts on the season, all of us on here didn't see a 10-win season. We did not see that. Uh, I went eight wins, I think. In the seven, 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 five. Yeah, seven, seven, yeah, seven five. Yeah, seven range. What does it say to you guys? What do you see from this season and moving forward under Mike Ravel? Because I think the biggest thing I kind of took away from that press conference, Jamie Robinson mentioned, you know, I used to I used to walk in the locker room 
I kind of just walked by guys. I want to dab them up or say hey or whatever, just because he didn't feel like they were so close then. He said this year it's been a major difference. And, you know, guys, whenever they walk by each other, they're saying, hey, they're hanging out outside of football. Something, the switch has happened inside that locker room, and it's much needed. I think that plays a big part in what you're seeing going out onto the field. It shows a growth. It shows the culture that this program has built under uh, Mike Norvell. I mean, only eight wins for this program during his first two seasons in Tallahassee. For the Seminoles to step up like this in 2022, especially with the schedule that they were facing. I mean, this was no slouch of a schedule for FSU this season, starting off with LSU. And, you know, obviously they fell short against Wake Forest and North Carolina State, but were still able to defeat their two primary rivals, Florida and Miami, for the first time since 2016. So just so much growth for this program. And I think the biggest thing to me is just the players. It looks like they're having fun out there once again on the field. And, and that's that's one of the biggest parts of this resurgence. Yeah, coming into the season, I was like, if we get eight wins, I'll be thrilled. You know, just given what we've seen the last two seasons, you know, obviously th- th- things like this take time to develop. For them to come out and have 10 wins this season, given the schedule they face, is really, really damn impressive. Um, and now you're looking at the 2023 schedule going, you know, 11 and 1. Well, we can next year. <laughs> like, is that is that what we're expecting, 11 and 1 next year? You could argue you could win every game on that schedule. I don't think that's outside the realm of possibilities. And the, the fact that we're thinking that just four months after we're going into the season, going, yeah, you know, seven and five, eight and four, well, I'll be pretty happy. Just a crazy turn of events. This team made so many strides throughout the year, and they still have a lot of strides that they could take. Yeah, and so many guys are going to be coming back in 2023 that played crucial roles this season from veterans that have been with the program forever to transfers that just joined the program in 2022 to some freshmen like Shaheen Brown. I know it's his second year in the program, but didn't contribute at all for Florida State last season. Comes in this season, one of the, I don't want to say a breakout star, but a breakout player on that defense with star star power with PP. his potential. Yeah, Can't Patrick forget PP. PP as well. So from the young guys to the old guys, uh, it's going to be really exciting to see what Florida State does next year. So much experience coming back on the roster. Really the biggest thing is how do they replace Jamie Robinson? Because as we saw tonight, he's an absolute difference maker on the back end of that defense. You know, 13 tackles, a fumble recovery. Just, I was going to say, I, we, we don't, I don't want to interrupt you there, BZ. Not that we're projecting this to happen or be the case here, but Jamie did say in the post-press conference that he's not yet made a decision. I know he put out a post earlier today. We even put out an article about it, hinting that this would be his last game as a Florida State Seminole. And after the Florida game, he did say that was his last time in Dope. Maybe he's leading up to something here, but he did tell us in the press conference that he's got a gift for everybody. New Year's Year's gift. He's got a New Year's gift for everybody. And then we posted that clip onto our Instagram story and he put up the emoji. So maybe something to keep an eye on. I think all of us still on here are predicting him to move on. I think he should move on. This was a great game for Jamie Robinson. He does that. He shows up for the big games. And so I think he should move on. But maybe something to monitor here. He hasn't made a definitive answer, at least to the media, that he's going to be moving on. But he said he's going to Spend time with family, coaches, make his decision, but he does have a New Year's gift for everybody. And, of course, Jordan Travis does the smirk emoji just after the press conference. So everybody's uh, everybody's kind of thinking here. I, you would love I mean, it. It would be ridiculous for him to come back, but 
who knows? The, the, the one that you really want to have back, guys, is Fabian Lovett. I mean, he didn't get to play in tonight's game. You could tell. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you could definitely tell. I mean, you, you, you still want to hope that some of the younger guys, I mean, like a Malcolm Ray, can step up there, Joshua Farmer, which Farmer did at points. But Fabian Lovett really changes the game for this defense on the inside in the run game. Um, it opens up a lot of things for your pass rush. Fabian Lovett is one I'm keeping my closest eye on if he's going to make a return to Florida State. We'll see what happens as far as Jamie Robinson. But if this was his last game at Florida State, I mean, he went out on a on a great note. I, I think most Seminole fans would agree on. 13 tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss, one pass breakup. But the biggest thing for me is no matter the play, it just felt like Jamie Robinson was always around the ball in the right position to make that fumble recovery in the fourth quarter and was one of probably the best overall Florida State defender on the day. There were a couple plays he made that prevented Oklahoma from getting touchdowns. And, you know, this guy, he's just been a true Seminole over the last two years at Florida State and has made his impact on this program and on the defense. And if he does decide to move on, Florida State definitely going to miss him next year in that safety room. And they've got to be hoping that they can convince um, Akeem Dent to come back alongside Shaheen Brown to create a tandem back there. And the, the other guy we got to talk about who's still making that decision is Jared Verse. Six tackles, sack and a half, two tackles for loss. It was just absolutely disruptive flying off that edge. Yep. You know, a, a guy that, you know, again, we keep talking about if, if Lovett and Robinson make that decision. But, man, if Verse comes back on that defensive line, it's a complete difference maker for, for this team next season. Yeah, no, Jared Verse, when looking at his play tonight after the game, pretty funny story here. He told the media that on that last play, an Oklahoma offensive tackle told him that he's not ready for the NFL. And, you know, that you just don't do that to somebody with Jared Verse's mentality. Uh, you never want to egg on a guy of that magnitude. It's just not, not a good idea. I noticed that in the spring. He, he will step it up even a different gear that we maybe have not ever seen. He did that on the last play. He ends up getting the sack, and then Jared Verse gets into his face yeah. afterwards. That's just Jared Verse. And I, I just that, – that mentality, something that I think really rung into the practices earlier in the spring. And just – he was such a great addition, not on the field, but also in the locker room. That's something Mike Norvell has done a fantastic job of bringing people into there and creating friendships, relationships, and a lot of trust has been built to allow them to hold each other accountable on the football field. Yeah, Jared Verse would take it personal if you untied his shoe. So I can only imagine what the offensive tackle – when he's letting Verse know, hey, you're not going to do anything in the NFL or whenever you go pro, I can only imagine the kind of motivation um, he took from that. And we saw that pay off there uh, at the end for Florida State, combining with Dennis Briggs for that game-winning sack. Um, this is a guy, he's he's done a lot ever since making that transition from, the, uh, from FCS Albany last year. It's been about a year since he uh, arrived at Florida State and you know, it'll mark that anniversary in a couple of weeks or so. Um, I think Jared Verse, he made a, a bigger impact on this season than maybe, at least me, from my perspective, than I expected. Just uh, the quick transition ever since the spring, the summer, you could really tell in the fall that this kid was primed for a breakout campaign. And I mean, he's a he's a freak knee injury away against Louisville from maybe a double-digit sack campaign. So a really impressive season from Jared Verse. Uh, if he does decide to come to Florida State, could definitely boost his stock, maybe be a potential top 10 pick in the 2024 NFL draft. But at the same time, he's also put some really good stuff on tape. He's the type of guy, in my opinion, that would 
dominate the athletic testing at the combine and also the interview portion speaking with scouts and, and gms and owners i feel like they would fall in love very like with his charisma so we'll we'll see what the future holds for jared verse but whatever he decides to do as far as staying or going you can make an argument for, for either scenario it's definitely bold for a backup offensive tackle to tell jared verse he's not ready <laughs> that's what i was going to say not a good idea definitely if you're a true freshman saying that um, yeah, Will Campbell kind of learned early on in their season opener in New Orleans. Um, I don't think Will Campbell said anything, just Jared Burst dominated that matchup. So, yeah, I, I think we're going to wrap up things here, guys. Um, you know, a, a phenomenal, you know, fun season to cover. It's great to come down to Orlando to see a lot of fans here, some of y'all being around, being able to come up to us and, and meet you guys. It's been, it's been great um, and definitely having, you know, Amping up the podcast, having live reactions after games like this. We're here inside the stadium. So just just overall, want to say appreciate the support that you've given us. Uh, you know, it helps a ton with y'all in the comments all throughout the year. It's been fun. We'll have a full-on better recap along with some big-time storylines of guys returning. Keep an eye on that. Guys going pro. So we'll be live next Wednesday night at 8 p.m. for that. But just want to say appreciate all of our Noel Game Day and here the Spear listeners. It's been it's been a fun season, guys. It's been a long ride. It's flown by, but it's because Florida State has put up ten wins, and it makes it easier to cover a team that's that's winning. Yeah, definitely. Like Logan said, appreciate all of the support from you guys. I mean, this is you're all the reason that we do this, and the reason that we get a chance to do this each and every day as far as covering Florida State. So it's crazy just to see, you know, a couple hundred people watching this live stream right now. Um, what we've been able to build over here at No Game Day over the past couple of years, I think, is, is as strong as any other uh, media outlet in the market. So excited to just continue to grow with these guys over the offseason and, and can't wait for 2023. It's definitely nice to end off one of these <laughs> with a victory for once, especially, you know, our first time getting to cover Florida State on site in a postseason matchup. So a lot of firsts for us this year and just excited to keep it rolling. Thank you, guys. Yeah, super grateful for how the season's gone and thankful for all of you guys. And, you know, hopefully basketball can be better. <laughs> I know. Beasy didn't want to bring it up. Beasy didn't want to bring it up. Like, Check me out with my basketball coverage. <laughs> well, I think that's going to wrap it up at Camping World Stadium. I feel like I should just take this off and pour this on you. I, I feel like I should, but I don't want to. I don't want to break open the box. I kind of messed up by not getting a bag and just pouring it all over Dustin. Yeah, we should have got the little ones. In we the, yeah, we should have. We're not. We're, we're not that creative. Next year, that's why we always have a next year, right? Yeah, unfortunately, we're not feeling the cheesiest right now. No, we're not. But we will be back here next season in Camping World Stadium, which should be a top ten matchup in my prediction for FSU versus LSU here in Orlando. It should be a fun one. BZ, we got to get BZ down here, too. That would we'll be, that'd be a pretty fun, you know, a little Epcot maybe, drinking around the world. You can have your milk, BZ. So. But, uh, yeah, appreciate everybody hanging out with us this evening. As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, if you're on YouTube right now. Hit the like button before you leave. And make sure you subscribe because we're going to have a ton of content all throughout the off season. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Checking out from uh, Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida State taking down Oklahoma and the Oklahoma Sooners. 35-32. Yes, That's a wrap. Shout out to the Bowl. Try to go get some free drinks. <laughs> All right, guys. See y'all later. <laughs>